0: How you feel about Connor?
1: Man, Connor don't want this work. Connor don't want this work. Connor is doing. See, that's another thing too. Is it's strategic. Is that Connor a is very. Con- Connor is very strategic. He's very strategic yes, now. Yes, he is. To where he's just throwing these out because yeah. he knows as soon as I throw it out, ten of these people are gonna write about it. Pick it, it. up.
0: Yeah, yep. yep. everywhere.
1: And then when they come to him and say, "Yo, all right, here's the contract for the fight," he don't even return phone calls. I done tweeted Connor before I said, "All right," because I'm looking for somebody to fight. Ah, you want the fight? You got the fight. If you tell, call him tomorrow and say, hey, I want to the fight, they're not going to say no. Is he
0: done? Is he done? No, he's not done. Because he needs fighting. No, 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 no. Oh, as he a champion. A, yes, is yes. he done? Yes. Will he ever be champion no. again? no. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom! Who was on crack?! Folks, man. Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the Sports Desk.
1: New Sports Desk. You're listening to the Sports
0: Show. What did you do in camp? It's time, once again... Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the sports desk. It is your guy one more time. One half of your sportsologist, Desert L. Hicks Jr., live in studio. Black is not in studio today. We're going to be giving my man a call here shortly. So, welcome back to, uh, to the sports desk, episode 188, man. We are 12 away from 200 episodes that is just wild man that is a milestone uh, for us and uh really looking forward to uh getting to uh, that milestone but hopefully everybody's doing well and everyone is uh doing great and you know all the positive vibes and energy in the world are flowing around you guys man so we're here to talk about what y'all love man we got a lot of different rapid fire sports uh, takes today. So what you heard at the beginning of that podcast of the podcast was a clip by of uh, the very best pound for pound MMA fighter in the world, Kamaru Usman. Okay, this is the welterweight champion, and uh, you know Conor McGregor is a world renowned figure by now. Even if you're not in MMA, even if you're not in the UFC, you know who Conor McGregor is. And me and Black going to talk about just the idea of you know is Conor McGregor just throwing out challenges out. You know, to guys that he knows full well that he can he can't do nothing with. So we definitely gonna talk about that. We got some NFL talk, college football talk, um, some NBA talk. We got a lot of things that we're gonna get into. But as of late, you know, before well, when we start the episodes of the last, you know, a few weeks, uh, AEW, the channel, AEW, they have been doing a fantastic job. With some uh, documentaries, all right, from the WWE, and a lot of people might not, you know, know around my age. I mean, I guess I'm getting up there, as they say. Uh, but this past Sunday, they had uh, the Lex Luger documentary, and then they had the Rivals documentary with WCW versus WWE. I highly encourage anyone who is in search for uh, nostalgia nostalgic wrestling uh, to remember the times uh, so to speak go and watch those documentaries um, I remember Lex Luger vividly and um, just to hear more about his story I didn't even know he was bound to a wheelchair these days so just to hear his story see everything the highs the lows you know just to you know to learn those things it's just been great so week after week I mean you had um, uh, the uh, what is it? The uh, the rivalry with the rivalry with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart documentary. He had the Kurt Angle documentary. Um, just a lot of different things, man. The Goldberg documentary has been really, really, really dope to see. Um, those documentaries. So y'all check them out on A and E. Maybe me and could get together, do kind of like a roundup show of uh, all the documentaries, man, and just kind of have some fun with the wrestling faithful, the wrestling heads out there, the small amount of you who <laughs> listen to the sports. Day. To hear that nostalgic uh, talk, man. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that before we uh, got started. All right. So, real quick programming note the Fantasy League, yes, I've been getting texts and emails. The Fantasy League will happen. It is coming. All right. The Sports Desk Fantasy League. I think this is our fourth or fifth year doing it. Very exciting times. And we're glad to see people ready to get back at it, man. So, we'll be rolling out more details. as we get closer, uh, pay attention to your Twitters, your text messages, your Instagrams. We'll be having more information on the Sports Desk Fantasy League for sure. All right, for sure. All right, so let's uh, not uh, hold up. I am not don't want to hold you guys up, man. So let's go ahead and get Black in here on the phone so we can talk uh, some of that sports talk that y'all love, man. So let's get Black on the phone for sure. Yo. Black. What's up, man? What's going on? Not much, man. Okay, I can barely hear you again, man. Alright, hold on. Wait, you Black. Again, yeah, I can hear you. A little better. All right. A little better. All right. So um, uh, okay. you know, I said each week we were gonna be letting the people know what's playing. I know you're not in the studio this week, Black, but this week I am watching, let's see, what year is this? This is the 2007 edition of Backlash, my boy. And the main event was John Cena versus Edge versus Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE title, my boy. Get you some of that. Oh,
1: man, I got to definitely watch that. That's
0: (laughs) That's throwback, throwback, 2007.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta
0: watch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Black. let's go ahead and jump into it, man. We got a uh, quite a few uh sort of rapid fire topics that we're going to get into, man. So let's go ahead and jump in. So black Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is back in the news. The trades uh requests and everything that's been going around this for seemingly over a month now, maybe even a little longer. Kevin Durant is still a Brooklyn net. All reports state that Kevin Durant met met with the owner. Uh, Of the Brooklyn Nets And gave him an ultimatum Kevin Durant is willing to stay in Brooklyn Under one condition Is that he get rid of That the Nets get rid of the general manager And they get rid of head coach Steve Nash All right, this is something that no one is uh, Disputing That Kevin Durant gave the owner of a Nets uh, An ultimatum Either trade me or get rid of this GM and get rid of Steve Nash, and then we can go forward. Black, what are your initial thoughts on Kevin Durant meeting with the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, and this is the news that we get, is that he's giving them an ultimatum. Um,
1: I'm I'm, I'm not shocked at it, but, you know, if I'm a owner of a team, if I'm the owner of a team, I'm not going to keep no GM and no coach over a player like Kevin Durant. So I guess, you know, Kevin Durant not backing off his stance. You know, it's he said it's either him or Steve, like he said, Steve Nash or the, or the or the or the GM. And if I'm an owner, I'm picking Kevin Durant over those two guys. You can always get a GM, you can always get another coach. But um for me, I just D, I really don't I <laughs> I really believe nothing's gonna happen. Like okay. it's like it's been it's 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 been, what, over like a month now, you said? Over a month? Yeah. And and we haven't seen any type of movement anywhere. We've just heard about a few things, but, you know, I see they're still saying there's three teams in the mix for him, but nothing more than that than teams that's in the mix for him. That's all we've been getting. So I still believe we're going to see Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn Nets jersey, even though he's given ultimatums. But, you know, but if I'm an owner, I'm definitely looking at this and listening to it very well because there's no way I want to keep a coach in the gym over Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel a little differently. I mean, I'm the owner of the Brooklyn Nets and I got one of my players giving me an ultimatum. I don't know how well that sits with me. I'm just putting my feet Inside of the owner's shoes of the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know how well that sits with me. If I'm looking at Kevin Durant, I'm telling Kevin Durant, listen, I've really given you everything that you wanted. You wanted a contract extension. You got a contract extension. All of the key pieces that you wanted around you, you wanted me to trade for James Harden. I traded for James Harden. So if I'm the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, why now? Why the ultimatum? You've made it very clear that you wanted to be traded just over a month ago. What, What are we here for? So if I'm the Brooklyn Nets owner, I'm not really too keen on really living up to what Kevin Durant wants. This situation has turned out for the worst right now as we speak for both parties. Kevin Durant probably fully expected to be traded within minutes because he was Kevin Durant. The owner of the Brooklyn Nets was looking to get, okay, we'll entertain him. but We want a King's ransom in return. What the Brooklyn Nets are asking for, no team in the NBA is going to do. No team. That's been clear that they're not going to give the Brooklyn Nets this mighty King's ransom. So what now? Well, I don't know what now. Kevin Durant is finding himself in a situation where he probably sees the writing on the wall and kind of feels how you feel, Black. Like, look, man, like, I'm still a Brooklyn Net. Maybe the market for me, maybe this was a bad time, and maybe the market for me is not what i thought it would be so my next best option is to try to clean up the organization with the coaching and the general manager maybe uh-huh. that's what he's thinking and honestly man black i'm not feeling that because if they were going to get rid of steve nash and i think Shard marks i think that's the general manager's name or josiah or something but wh- why didn't they get rid of him after the season exactly why why, why wasn't these conversations being had after you got swept you got swept in the first round. Why were why the conversations were not take place then to say, hey, I'm not really feeling this situation. I feel like we need to move into another direction. And let's not forget that Kevin Durant handpicked Steve Nash to be the head coach. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. not forget that. So Kevin Durant has to bear on some of the responsibility. And it seems like Kevin Durant is taking on the role of he's some type of victim. Like he's some type of uh cause. He has some type of cause to justify. Now, I supported him, wanted to empower himself and move on and really kind of get away from the toxic environment that I felt like he might not have contributed to that much. I'm not going to say his hands are clean, but I'm saying with the Kyrie situation, the back and forth in the media, the vaccine, the James Harden stuff, I was kind of on the side of KD. But now we're getting this thing to be a little bit ugly because he's not getting what he wants when he wants so i don't know how this thing is going to play out they say the boston celtics are still in play they say the miami heat are still in play they say the toronto raptors are in play black which one of those teams if kevin durant goes to do you think that team can win a championship next year which one of those teams? now keep in mind the trade packages that are on the table. The Boston Celtics will lose Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and maybe Robert Williams. The Miami Heat will lose Bam out of Bayou, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Strouts, and maybe some picks. And then the Toronto Raptors will lose Van Vliet, Siakam, uh Siakam, uh, Barnes. They will lose a lot. So what team, Black, like, underneath those circumstances, <laughs> is it really that worth their while? Is it worth their while? Oh, uh, for oh uh, well, for me, man. That's
1: a that's a that's really a king's ransom for Kevin Durant and what they're going to be asking for. And then you know, we understand what Kevin Durant is, but you also still got to remember you're talking about a basketball player on the other side of his career, correct?
0: Yeah, so year sixteen.
1: Yeah, that's something that's probably that's causing teams not to uh, want to give up a king's ransom for Kevin Durant. And another thing, another reason that they're probably looking at looking at it as well is because um, Kevin Durant, well, we traded this guy. How do we know that he's going to stay here? How do we know that? Oh, yeah. How do we know he's going to stay? We don't know that. And for me, D, if I'm one of them teams and I'm one of Kevin Durant, I'm trying to win right now, I would have to say the best fit for them would probably be Boston. I think I believe Boston would be the better fit for him to go somewhere with with a player like Tatum, and you know even though they're giving up uh, Jalen Brown and um, Marcus Smart, you gotta remember they still going to have uh, the guy that came over from Indiana. Brogdon. uh yeah, Michael Brogdon and still those other young pieces. They still have they still have the big center over there. They still got Al Horford. They still have, they still have some nice pieces over there. They'll, they'll lose their heart and soul on the defensive end for uh, with Marcus Smart, but you need a, a guard like Brogdon, He gives you a little bit of both. He can he can defend and he can score the basketball. So I would have to say if it's one team that that'll be able to win right away and win win a title right now with him, it'll definitely be the Boston Celtics.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Boston probably has the best legitimate situation to get Durant. Pair him with Tatum. You got Brogdon. You might, you know, Al Horford. Even though he's getting old in age, we don't know what he's going to continue to be like. And some other amazing smaller
1: amazing year, pe- though. Amazing year. He yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Year. Um, but that, yeah, but that was last year. <laughs> yeah, that was last year. So moving forward, how much left does Al Horford in the tank to do what he do? We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, I think Kevin Durant's kind of made himself put himself in a tough situation. Look at the Golden State situation. It's been mighty quiet over there. It's mighty quiet over there. Draymond Green is a vocal player, right, Black?
1: Yeah.
0: If you wanted Kevin Durant, don't you think we would have heard it by now? Yeah. Steph Curry. He is on the he is sitting on top of the world, man. If you think Steph Curry wanted Kevin Durant, we would have heard something by now. Mm -hmm. The Golden State Warriors are intact. Kevin Durant's not going to Golden State. The Warriors are going to run it back with what they got to try to go for another championship, a fifth championship in uh, nine years. That's what they're going to try to do. So it's mighty, mighty funny, man, how things are kind of getting dark and dark for Durant. And the one thing Durant has going against him, four years left on his deal, 150 plus million dollars that are, that is owed to him. And you got to think some people in these front offices are saying, wow. We, sometimes we get players with a year left on their deal and we get to, move, get to move them. But a player with four years left and he was in Golden State, the best situation in basketball for the last 10 years, maybe some teams see that as a red flag. Maybe they see it uh-huh. as a red flag. Is it worth trading a fortune to deal with what could happen on the other side of that? Is it worth it? And I think a lot of teams might be saying, mm, we don't think so. We don't think so. Yeah. We don't think so. So we'll keep our close eye on that. But once again, Kevin Durant has given the Brooklyn Nets owner an ultimatum. You either trade me or you get rid of the general manager and head coach Steve Nash. So we'll keep our ears and our eyes monitored to that situation. All right, Black. Uh, we got a little uh, a little preseason NBA beef going on. Now, I've been an advocate of my guy, Paolo Banchero. <laughs> the number one pick from Duke, that's down in Orlando playing for the Magic. Well, you know all the younger players are out here running summer pro-am games, and Dejounte Murray was traded from the Spurs in the offseason, and now he's in Atlanta, and we're starting to see just uh, uh, Dejounte Murray's personality come out. Well, over the weekend, Dejounte Murray and Paolo Banchero played on opposite teams. And DeJounte Murray got the best of Paolo Banchero. And Paolo Banchero took the Twitter to kind of to poke a little fun and talk a little smack to DeJounte. Well, Black, DeJounte Murray wasn't feeling it. Yeah. He wasn't feeling it. My man said, you ain't played five minutes of NBA basketball. You the number one pick overall, and you think you that guy? Welcome to the real world. Welcome to real life. I've lost all respect. So, Black, what do you think about the rookie Banchero kind of jump into social media after a pickup game, so to speak, to kind of go at DeJounte Murray, who's a really good player in this league. Really good player. What do you think about the two young players, you know, having a little fisticuff, so to speak?
1: Uh well, for people who don't know about these two, uh, this is I think this is something that's something you can say that been that's been brewing for a little while because both of these guys are basically from uh, f- from the same place. They both from from uh Seattle. These yes. Seattle basketball guys. And and if we you know anything about Seattle basketball, you, you, the first thing you really think about is Jamal Crawford and yeah. Isaiah Thomas, and you know guys like that. And um Seattle, they have this thing where you know they Seattle players, they always come together, do their thing in the summer, have these big uh programs right. in Seattle, and the thing is what i seen and what I read is they seem, it seems like Pablo is, you know, being one of the, one of those players who think he's bigger than everyone else. Since he went number one, you know, and he's not been showing the love, the love and respect to the Seattle basketball scene, the way that he's supposed to be. So it's been kind of rubbing some people the wrong way. Right. I don't know if that's the, whole I don't know if that's the whole truth, but that's something that I also seen. But, um, from from what I seen when they played, you know, uh, I guess uh, uh, Deontay Murray was getting the best of Pablo, and yeah, you know, we seen the video clip of him saying, you know, basically he's son them, you know, he need the he need the he need to pipe down a little bit, he need to show some respect, and you know, just you know, this just, just back and forth, and then I, I guess you know, like you said, Pablo went to Twitter and said his part, so I think it's just a little more of these guys being where they're from and. I'm sure respect because these guys look at themselves as like as family. You know, because it's a it's a small group of those guys in Seattle and they're very talented guys that come out of Seattle. It's some really good talent talent that comes from there. But uh, they all stick together. And I guess he felt like Pablo wasn't doing his part as one of the younger guys coming up to Seattle saying, kid, you hadn't even been in the league that long. You hadn't even paid your dues yet. You just need to settle down a little bit and uh, and wait your turn. So. I think that's what it was all about, D. Just, you know, them being from Seattle, that little friendly friendly Seattle rivalry. So, it's good for basketball, though. I like to see it. And I love to see these guys in the program. They playing in these little uh, basketball leagues, where they're from in their hometown and stuff. It's, it's good for basketball, and it's definitely good to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it all. Yeah. I enjoy it all. I think it's fun. And you're right. Those who grew up around in the same area, they, you know, they know – Um, each other prior to the league. So, obviously, you know, I took it as like a big brother, little brother situation, man. You know, DeJounte Murray came into the league unexpectedly and really proved himself and really became a really nice player. Paolo uh, Banchero, number one pick overall. So, Banchero, in my opinion, you know, if (laughs) if he got a little confidence and a little demeanor, he walking with an extra little bop in his step, I mean, he deserved to do that. He deserved to do that. He earned it in one spot, so that's something to kind of hang your hat on. I didn't take it as Banchero being respect disrespectful, but I I can see where Dejounte Murray is coming from. Pretty much, bro, you got my number, bro. You know, you know, we know each other. Like, what you run the social media for to try to put that image out there? I feel De, uh, Dejounte on that, but all in all, man, it's basketball. Dudes are competitive. You know, that's just what comes out. And if you don't like a guy's way of how he's competitive, it's whatever. But I got a good laugh out of it, man. Uh, DeJounte Murray did have his way with Paolo um, on the clip uh, that I saw. So I never thought I'd say this, Black. But, boy, I'm looking forward to the Hawks and the Magic next year. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's going to be can't, good Yeah, can't wait to see that Hawks and that Magic first game with DeJounte Murray. And Paolo Banchero. so I just thought that was fun, man. Just to see these guys in the offseason bickering at each other back and forth, and you know, talking a little trash. But I think Jazante Murray took it a, you know, I think he took it personal, dog, because he was sending some big shots at Banchero. and
1: he definitely he definitely was, because from what I from what I from what I seen and what I was what I was told was that you know you were Seattle guy, we all Seattle guys, we yeah. all lean on each other. So you know, when you when you was at Duke and coming up in high school. You know, when you came to the city, you know you leaned on us and this and that, and yeah, and now you're bigger than you, bigger than the fact, and that's not how it's supposed to be. We all show each other love because that's what you hear when you hear about those guys from Seattle, especially when you hear Jamal, Jamal Crawford talk about you know being from Seattle and the, the respect and the family, how Sammy right. Ortin is, and they felt he felt like Pablo was kind of disrespecting that. Uh, you know how things usually go in, in, in Seattle when in, the, in that basketball family that they have there.
0: Yeah, hopefully, them guys get straight and work it out, man, and, and keep it on the court, man. So, look forward to the first Hawks and Magic game. All right. All right, Black, one of the greats of our time, one of the great athletes in the history of sports, the greatest woman's tennis player to ever put on sneakers, to ever pick up a racket. In my opinion, she could very well be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest athletes of all time, male or female, black, the great, the iconic. Serena Williams is officially retiring from the game of tennis. She issued out a statement earlier today. Uh, I forgive me for not remembering the magazine. I think it was in Vogue or. Yeah, in Vogue magazine, which is a style, fashion-driven cultural magazine, and she delivered a message um, in that you know in that article stating that she will be moving on from the game of tennis to focus on you know other endeavors. Black, the accolades are endless. She's a 33-time uh, winner of tournaments, 23 Grand Slams. Um, she's twenty three and ten in total grand slams, which is ridiculous. She has a gold medal not in, not only in doubles but individually, um, countless accolades, doubles championships with her sister uh, Venus. Uh, three, excuse me, four total Summer Olympics. Just overall career ninety eight tournament wins, twenty nine uh major championship she grand slam twice i mean she is by far the greatest of the sports history black talk a little bit about serena williams as she hangs up her tennis racket today
1: man um it's a tough one it's a tough one for me um the game of tennis will definitely miss Serena Williams, and you've been seeing it over the past couple of years, where, yeah. along with you know her becoming the mother and right. you know dealing with injuries, it just seemed like the the women's tennis been missing her for a very long time. Yeah, even though Venus, even though Venus is still playing and planning doubles and some singles here and there, it just ain't the same. With it's not the same having Serena there, right? You know, and. and we were able to see this woman for, we was able to see her. We was literally me and D, our age group was able to see her come up to stardom. Yeah. And become the iconic star and then, you know, become one of the greatest, well, the greatest uh women's tennis player of all time. Ever. And you know, to see her to see her go man and and I just hope she can finish it off in style at the as they're saying the US Open will be her last yep, her uh, last uh tournament. So I just my I hope that she can finish off her style because I think she's one more Grand Slam away from breaking the record. She is, if I'm not mistaken, one more Grand Slam from breaking it. She's tied it, but she hasn't broke it yet. Right. So it'd be good if she can go ahead and break it and just go off right, right off in the sunset as uh, the great, the, one of the greatest athletes to ever, ever in sports. Right. You know, she's always been one of my favorite women athletes, along with some women in the wrestling ring as well. So for me, uh, Serena Williams is up there and, and then you can go back and if anybody haven't seen their, their movie, uh, King Richard, you can go back and see the upbringing right. and how they came. It's like their father had a plan for them coming. Right. New Venus was going to be the first, but he also spoke in his instance, Serena being the greatest in all of all time. And yep. look how that worked out. Look yep. how that worked out. You yep. know? And man for her to this to be the last ride for her and for her to go to this u.s u.s opens championship and win that and break the record d i think that'd be everything like you said i have to agree with you she is on mount rushmore yes there. she if you talk about greatest greatest of all time you talk about any sport any and it's crazy we talking about this because me and you just i just told you uh um uh, the greatest athletes of all time thing in, in Instagram a post, and we were talking about it. Who should be in there and who should be out? And um, she was on. She was on that on that uh on that list. And to see her on there, that's 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 really big. And if I'm not mistaken, she was the only woman on there. Mm-hmm. She was the only woman on there, surrounded by men. But she cannot be denied. Her resume speaks for itself. One of the most winners. The most winning women ten- tennis player ever, not men or women. I'm sorry, most winning men or women in tennis in hit- tennis history. So it's it's going to be sad to see her going. It's going to be interesting to see what, uh, how t- women's tennis goes from here because she was such a big star for women and to see her uh, step down, I mean, step away and go and do other things. I'm happy for. Her. My prayer and hope is she can finish it on top and go ahead and, and, and shout at that record B and, and just put a stamp on everything that she's been trying to do her whole career.
0: Man, an icon. Just an iconic figure on so many levels. I'll get to the tennis court in a second. Culturally, she played a pivotal part for women all over the world. She invoked her charisma, Her energy, her passion beyond the tennis court and just to every time we seen her in a magazine or 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 TV show or a music video or a movie. She was infectious with just what she displayed Um, every time we saw her. You look at her stature. The game of tennis had never seen anyone. Built like her, freakishly developed into a powerhouse that was unattainable. You could do nothing with her in her prime. She was the closest thing to invincible. She Mm -hmm. did what she wanted. She beat everyone. She wrecked every tournament and she did it with power, style and grace. That's how she did it. When you talk about the greatest of all time, people run the football, basketball, even some Olympic stars like Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt. But I'm sorry. The Mount Rushmore is four to five people on that mountain. And in my opinion, if she's not on your Mount Rushmore, we can't talk sports. Show me another dominant run. You want to tell me Michael Jordan's run was dominant? Cool. Let's talk about Serena Williams. You want to talk about Michael Phelps in the Olympics? Cool. Let's talk about Serena Williams. You want to talk about anyone who had a streak worth mentioning when it pertains to greatness in the sports world? That's fine. But we got to talk about Serena Williams. People need to go back and take a look. Like Black said, we were fortunate enough to see Serena. We've seen her come up as a child, a preteen, a teenager, a young adult, a fully grown woman into a businesswoman, into a mother, into a wife. We've seen her. We've seen her whole life. Every time you watch TV, don't you probably catch you a Serena Williams commercial till this day? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She is the very best to ever step on a tennis court. The best. Her racket should be should be in gold, and the last pair of sneakers that she wore in U.S. Over should be gold plated, and she should go into the Hall of Fame as soon as the last match is over. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Serena. I've always closely followed her because when you see, <laughs> I remember one time I had totally forgot that she was playing, and you walk by the TV. I was in the gym. This was many, many years ago, and you hear the sound of the racket when she hit the ball. The woman who she was facing, I don't even know her name, she didn't even make an attempt to swing back at the ball, Black. <laughs> because of the power, the force. Mm-hmm. The, the, the tennis community, they had a problem with her showing passion. we seen countless times that the line judge was asking Serena to watch it. You remember that? I remember that. Countless times she's screaming and she's yelling. She's just being raw. But that's who she was. That's how she felt about the game. Because she wanted to be the best. And she indeed was the best, is the best, and will forever be the greatest. So as Serena gets ready for the U.S. Open one last time, she is in her right to get her just due. Whatever match is that's her last, I hope she wins it and can ride out on top. But she doesn't even need that. Mm. She don't need it. Does she need to break the record? No. She don't need it. Because she's done more than enough for the women's division of tennis. She's done more than enough for young black girls all around the world. All women around the world. She's done enough. She's done more than enough. And I tip my cap to her, Mount Rushmore athlete, male or female. I do not put her in a category. She is one of the best athletes. Give me one that you want to put up against her, and that's fine. We're going to have a long conversation. (laughs) So if you don't know about Serena Williams, and you're not quite sure how dominant she was, I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody else with everything. Go ahead and go to YouTube. Type in a name. Give yourself about 30 minutes. And then when you're done, let me know how you feel about her. Let me know. So, Serena Williams, one of the greatest of our time. Hope she can go out on top. It'll be a pleasure to see her in this one last tournament. And man, job well done And I look so much forward To seeing what she does After she calls a career Because she's not going nowhere Because she's a cultural icon She's a pop icon She is going to be visible Visible And I look forward to seeing what she does next Shout out to the great Iconic Serena Williams Serena Williams Black, here we go with boxing black (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here we go with boxing, Black. Now, Tyson Fury, we show love for Tyson Fury a lot. Do we not, Black? We do. Countless, we do. countless love for Tyson Fury. Hell, over the last, what, three to maybe three to four years, Tyson Fury has probably been the most beloved boxer in boxing. He has, read along with Earl Spence. But Black, Tyson Fury told us that he was retiring just a couple of months ago after his last fight against me over there in London. (laughs) But old boxing are up to the old tricks again, and I can't wait to hear how you feel about this, Black. Tyson Fury says the retirement is over. He is coming back to book a trilogy fight against Derek Crisaro. In less than three months' time, he'll be stepping back into the rain. Black, what is this about, Black? Why is boxing trying to say, oh, one of our great fighters is retiring, but he's going to come back for a money grab. But when he comes back, he's not fighting Anthony Joshua. Black, please explain to me what the hell's going on in boxing once again. Man, I don't know. Um,
1: Tyson Fury, look, has kept the heavyweight division and boxing on uh standing tall he's been the guy he's been he's been the he's been the big ticket he's been the one pay per view star while boxing has been going on here here lately and to see him come back and you know i i don't i i understand the money grab get your paper but come on man we a trilly fight of a guy that you already didn't beat like who wants to see this? You know, why couldn't it why couldn't it be Francis Ogandu or Anthony Joshua as you said, one of those guys? Why couldn't it be a big name to really give us like, oh man, shoot, Tyson came not like this? Yeah. But man, I just it 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 saddens me, man, for it to be this. And you know why it's a big money grab because this fight is going to be right over there across the pond where he's from. Yeah. And he's going to do crazy numbers once again. Yeah. Crazy numbers once again. It really don't matter who Tyson Fury's fight when he fights in front of his home crowd. You know everybody go over there, going to show up and show out for Tyson Fury. Yeah,
0: because he can't come to so, America with this fight.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, um, am I shocked he came back so early? No, D, but I am shocked at the name that he picked, you know, yeah. I was I was hoping along the lines as you said, Anthony Joshua, Francis Oganu, something like that. That's yep. what I wanted. That's what it got me. That would have got me up and very interested. Shoot, yep. we probably would have dropped the special edition if you were from the fight. Anthony, I mean Francis Oganu. Yeah, we probably would have dropped the special edition. Just, just that the mere fact is that that fight is going to happen. But no, that's not what we getting. We getting him fighting a bomb. Yep. For a big payday overseas, both of these guys are from overseas, so it's going to be be a big payday for both of them. So, yep. and I hate to say he's going to he's going to knock this guy out within three to four rounds yep. once again. So, um, not excited about it. D. Hopefully, it's just something um, just like you said. It's just a big money grab, and hopefully, we'll get something after this from Tyson Fury that we can really pay attention to.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely garbage. It's trash. I don't care about it. I don't care about it, Black. I love Tyson Fury. He has been one of the key pieces for boxing in the last four years. I mean, last year was one of the better years in boxing, was it not? It we was. Had some, we had That's some amazing cool. moments in 2021 in boxing, but by God, 2020, 2022 been absolutely garbage. Mm -hmm. what have we gotten out of 2022 and the sport of boxing the last time we talked about tyson fury we were celebrating what he was able to accomplish by selling out that massive venue and just the theater and everything that we got the experience that was amazing to see we were positive about it but now tyson wants to come back to fight a bum (laughs) for what This is what I'm talking about. That's why I sit in front of my TV faithfully watching UFC pay-per-views. This is why. Because I'm going to get the fights. I'm going to get them. And that's why I just don't waste my breath on boxing. I'm going to be real with you. If it weren't for black, I wouldn't never talk about boxing. (laughs) because I'm so tired of the the promoters and the promotion and the janky bull crap that they throw at us to say hey buy this pay-per-view for 99.99 just the white Tyson Fury wipe the floor with some dude in three rounds
1: exactly
0: I don't want to do that so yeah Tyson Fury he's gonna go and make his little fake return I'm gonna be real with you, black I ain't gonna watch it Mm -hmm. Let me know when we get an alert across your phone that we're getting Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, that we're getting Earl Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Let me know. Let me know when we get one of those fights and then I'll tune back into the sport that is unfortunately is dying. It's dying in popularity. It's dying in revenue. It is dying. And it's sad because it does not have to be this way. Tyson Fury should not be coming out of retirement to fight the local pool guy. (laughs) He shouldn't be doing that, man. But that's what we're going to get, man. And it's very, very unfortunate.
1: That boy said the local pool guy. Yeah,
0: the local pool guy. They say, (laughs) dog, dog, be running the pools out there, bro. <laughs> Alright my boy. So at the beginning of the show I played a clip I played the clip of Kamaru Usman Talking about his thoughts about Conor McGregor And I know me and you have talked about this off air Countless times Countless We're big fans of MMA We love Kamaru Usman We're big fans of Conor McGregor We just enjoy the sport So this is something that really Intrigues us to have a conversation black So Kamaru Usman is on the latest episode Of the I Am Athlete podcast You can hear that on wherever you listen to podcasts and watch that on YouTube. And it's a really good interview. And they got to the part where Conor McGregor's name was thrown in the mix. And I found it interesting black. And I want to ask you this particular question. We already know what Usman is. He's pound for pound, the best in MMA. Do you disagree with that? Uh, yes. Pound for pound. Number one, he's pound for pound. Number one, he is the baddest dude out there in MMA. Conor McGregor is a cessation beyond belief. We know what he is. We saw what he did, all of his accolades. We know the imprint that he put on the MMA world. Black, would you say Conor McGregor voted MMA, MMA to even more popularity in his run? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Black, let's get down to business. Black, tell me what I already know, but tell our listeners, what in God's name would happen if Conor McGregor uh, signed on the dotted line to fight Kamaru Usman?
1: Oh, we we would be seeing the we would be seeing the death of Conor McGregor. <laughs> we would be seeing the death of Conor McGregor, and 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 and, 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 and let me say this real quick, D, because this I think for me, because if people don't know, me and D are two of the biggest Conor McGregor fans. Absolutely, you probably ever seen. Absolutely, Mystic Back. Like we've been on this train since this guy stepped into the octagon.
0: Yeah, before championships.
1: Like, hey, like, yo, we were like, yo, who is that?
0: Yes, yes. Who
1: is that? Like, yes. before he was even a star, Yes, he was hungry, Conor McGregor trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. And to come up and do the things that Conor McGregor has done for, uh, for what, first time, what, double champ simultaneously, First right? ever. If I'm not first ever. And, and First ever, and to see the charisma, the—I mean, just the—the the style. The yeah, flash, fantastic, man. The, I mean, just
0: fantastic. <laughs> the pipe
1: bomb with the—I mean, the pipe bomb that he has with the mic in his hand, like
0: entertaining it's at his highest level.
1: Bro, like it's literally Floyd Mayweather in MMA. If yeah, You, facts. Say that. you facts. know, and. And man, everything that he's done, man, it just took, it took the sports world, not just in the it took the sports world by storm. Yes. He even made, even made Floyd Mayweather pay attention. Yes. To the fact he was like, and this guy can make some money together. Yeah. And to see everything he's done to the, to the, to the big, the billions he's made now, cause he's almost damn near being there now. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And. It's just, it's just outrageous. But D is just some things you do not do, and one of those things are step into the octagon, with the Nigerian nightmare mm. Kamara Usman.
0: That's a fact. Now
1: I understand it. I understand the the heart and soul. You love the sport. You made a lot of money. You of ain't course, fight. But if you're going to step in there, please don't step in there with this man. Of course. Please do not. Of course. Because he's going to embarrass you, and it's going to be a long day for you inside the octagon when you're fighting this guy. Yeah. Like, Kamar Usman is by far, in my opinion, D, I don't know about you, he is standing standing by himself as the best MMA fighter to date.
0: Yeah, pound for pound.
1: Pound for pound. Like, I... (laughs) These guys, when they when they make these fights for with Kamar, and we know how the sport of MMA goes. Any at any point, you can you can go and you can get it.
0: Yeah, any second. But
1: these guys, we've seen nothing of of the sort. Nothing no. of the sort since the time he came from off the Ultimate Fighter. He's been destroying
0: dudes. Literally destroying. Great word.
1: And and man, like to see him. To see him talk about Connor and, and the things going with Connor, I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love Connor. Yeah. There's no way Connor McGregor would want to step in there with him. No. But he no. would be. Like, it would be embarrassing
0: for me to, it would be hard for me to watch the ass whooping that he would put on Connor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely will watch it. If it ever happened, which it won't. If it ever happened, I'd watch it. I'd be front and center. But I'd already know how the movie ends. <laughs> Conor McGregor is an example of when you are so successful the trait that got you to your success you don't you no longer have the time the energy or the focus and the hunger for that matter to devote to that to that art that you are in love with. Conor McGregor is be I ain't say he beyond the sport but what he's accomplished has taken him away from being able to be that focused. Kamar Usman is a certified killer. (laughs) He would he would slob at the opportunity to get a fight with McGregor just to maul him five rounds. Beat the hell out of Conor McGregor like we've never seen him beat before. McGregor. He had his run. Hell, we probably haven't seen a run since. But listen here. The sport has evolved. Conor McGregor is past his time. He's had his moments, but he don't want to get in there with that. That's a different level. As matter a of different fact, level. but a Ooh. matter of fact, Kamar Usman, the style of fighter that he is, Conor McGregor ain't never seen that before. Never. He ain't never seen it. So it's really interesting to hear Usman talk so confidently about McGregor not wanting these problems, offering to fight McGregor and the phone, the phones didn't even get answered when they called. <laughs> now nah, Connor is a showman. He gonna push back at Usman. But we I I am gonna believe Usman. I think Usman and his people and Dana White and the UC called Connor McGregor. Let's book the Usman fight. And Connor probably didn't answer the phone. He probably didn't. This man is about to be in the remaking of Roadhouse the movie. About to make millions of dollars on his first feature film. You think he want to go get punched in the face by Kamara Usman? He don't
1: want it no more, man.
0: He, 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 he can't. He, he's evolved, man. And, it's, and you know what, Black? It's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. He had his time. He had his run. But Conor McGregor and versus Kamara Usman is just a bad idea. Usman spoke the truth. McGregor will never taste gold again. McGregor will never be a champion again in the UFC. He had his time, he had his run, but it was very interesting just to hear the confidence that Usman spoke about what he would do to Conor McGregor. I just found that very intriguing. So, all you MMA fans out there, go watch the interview, man. I am athlete, Kamar Usman. is very good, man. Y'all go check it out, man, and catch those nuggets and the rest of Kamar Usman's story it is fantastic. And if you're looking for someone yes. to root for in MMA, maybe you'll be rooting for Kamar Usman after you watch that I Am Athlete episode. Just good good stuff, all right? All right, black, let's move on, black, black. I guess the NFL is starting to look like the NBA a little bit, my boy. <laughs> so Raquan Smith, all-pro linebacker for the Chicago Bears, came out this morning and requested a trade. In a short, uh, short uh, summary, Raquan saying the front office does not believe in him enough to offer him an extension, and uh, they're having differences, and he wants to be released. Now the Chicago Bears have not yet commented on the trade request for Roquan Smith, but Black just the NFL. In a, in a bucket, so to speak. The NBA, we know what goes down over there. We still talking about it right now, Kevin Durant. Like, every year we're getting somebody that's on the move. But in the NFL, that just has not been the case. Black, can you ever see the National Football League and its players seizing the control of their own destinations like the NBA players do? Um... Why not, D? I...
1: I don't see we 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 kind of seeing it now. Like some of these players are, you know, even though the money isn't saying it for them. If you're not a quarterback or a, a star player in this league, these guys are are trying to take control of their careers, and they know what they want to do. They know where they want to go, and they're not going to settle for less. But it's in the NFL. I believe they can do it. But you have so much that you have to deal with. See, the NBA don't have to deal with having to hear from the owners and how the owners feel in the NBA. You have to hear about the owners and the owners play a part and everything that go on with players. And, you know, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. But I can see it happening in the NFL because it's a lot of more guys doing it. They want to be traded. They want to play where they want to play, where they feel most at home. And um, I could definitely see it happening, D.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. Um, somebody's going to have to break through of a magnitude like a Kevin Durant um, to kind of really sh- reshape the NFL. I'm not saying Roquan Smith isn't you know, a great player because he is. But in the NBA, we're seeing guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kevin Durant. We're seeing the elite of the elite players Get out of Dodge and go where they want to go. I think the NFL players, the generation that is now in the league now, they're starting to rev up their engines, so to speak. They get their voices heard. I think it's going to be a much tougher journey for those guys in the NFL, and here's why. You got a 53-man roster in the NFL, man. A lot of these positions, yeah. Raquan Smith, am I saying he's replaceable? I'm not saying to the degree of how good he is, but he is. He is. So, I think if you're not a quarterback, it kind of stops there. Wide receiver maybe these days, a defensive end, a left tackle. You know, it's got to be something like that, that who's going to shake up the game? Who's going to shake up the game and say, hey, I want out of here and I'm not reporting until I get traded? And that's when you're going to start seeing the massive swell in the NFL. So, it's cool to see guys want to take control of their own destiny, but... I just don't think it's going to be as rapid and as often as what we see in the NBA. I I just don't think we're going to see that, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And if guys are sick of their situation and they want to step up and say, bro, get me out of here. Then I support them. I'm all for player empowerment. I'm not, I'm not for guys. I'm not for guys. Just, you know, waking up one morning with no reason saying I want to be traded. I ain't with that. But, If there are some substantial reasons, I'm with it. Why not? I'm with it. But I just think it's going to be a little bit harder in the NFL to do compared to the NBA, to the NBA. Now, let me ask you this.
1: Do you think the reason why you think it would be so – the reason you think it would be so difficult in the NFL, is it because of the type of players we're talking about here or is it because of that old NFL standard it's been around for, for forever, as long as the NFL's been the NFL.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about that old school, um, a good old boy, arm-in-arm arm mentality that the owners have. They are yeah. well put together beyond the NBA. Their, their, exactly. their yeah. unions and everything that they got, the NFLPA, the NFLPA lose every time they go up against Goodell them. <laughs> they lose every time. Yeah, every time. Like you don't, in the NBA, you see victories in the NBA. You see victories, but in the NFL, I ain't never seen a victory. Somebody, please, <laughs> please show me a victory in the NFL. Get them. They got that thing ironclad, bro. They got that they thing do. ironclad. So it's gonna have to really take some significance when they when they do the new CBA deals. For these players to really take control. Cause Shannon Sharp said it last week. He said he wished the players would have stayed packed a little bit more to get a better deal in the CBA between the owners and the NFL PA. But the, but the players didn't want to do that. They was losing money. They didn't want to lose money. They wanted to get back at it. So they kind of took what they took to get back to the season. And now we're seeing a result of that. Look at the, 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 the Deshaun Watts situation. They hired an arbitrator outside of NFL. This lady don't got nothing to do with sports. She's a real judge. A, like a real, mm-hmm. this is her job. Yeah. She took the case. Deemed that Deshaun Watson should be suspended for six games and zero fine. Guess what Roger Goodell in NFL said? Uh, uh. ah ah Uh-uh. Them boys said, we ain't doing that. We going to revisit this and we'll get back at y'all. The NBA, you don't have that in the NBA, bro. You don't. So no. that's what I'm saying. Them boys got that thing nipped and tucked, and that thing is ironclad over there, boy.
1: Yeah, and you th- and you see here telling me, okay, we we partial, we owners of uh who just what the Denver Broncos just been sold. Let's yeah, say we owners of the Broncos. You telling me I'm a we billionaires, and and you telling me all these other owners got to sign off on me selling my team, right? Like like. Why do I need permission from you, from you, yeah. other billionaires, to sell my team? They literally had the owners meeting in Denver, and so every every one of the owners could sign off on the Denver Broncos being sold. Yeah. Like that's wild to me. Like yeah. everything that's being done is pushed by the owners. Everything. Like, and, and this was this the crazy part about it. Of course, Roger D- Goodell is going to be for because you know who pay his salary. The, the owners.
0: owners, the owners. So that's what I'm saying. Okay
1: with everything they decide to do, yeah,
0: they man. pay his salary. That's what I'm saying, bro. So I don't, <laughs> I don't see it, dog. Yeah, I just don't see it. So it's we'll wild, see. Man. So, <laughs> so Raekwon Smith, man, you know, we wish you well, brother. We wish you well, and you get what you want, man. But that thing, that thing over there, in effect, the that thing tight, boy. Tight. Yeah,
1: bro. You're gonna be you're gonna be sitting, you're gonna be suiting up week one in the in
0: the bail. Sure day. is, because you can't afford to lose that cash, boy. Yes, sir. All right, Black. We've been having conversations in the green room. Shout out to our guys, Tyrone Coppel and Kevin Dunbar, our our guys, man. We got a group chat together called the Green Room. And yesterday we had a quick little spat about Dak Prescott. And I've been having spats about Dak Prescott at work. Black, I want to know from you. Is Dak Prescott a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Uh look, man, I'm I'm I'm
1: kind of over having these conversations. Look, people think I people I don't know why people think I just be clowning and uh I'm a I'm a Jag fan. And you know, literally look, literally listen to me. My best friend, L. Hicks Jr., <laughs> my father, Gary Oglesby, <laughs> and and my other father Ernest Lockwood Jr are cowboy fans yes so i have i have respect i might clown but i have some respect for the Dallas Cowboys i have a lot of respect for the Dallas Cowboys i was raised i was raised up around Dallas Cowboy fans you know and and for me the whole thing with Dak Prescott in my opinion if you go look at this guy the the numbers and his his numbers and then the way he plays the game. Yeah, he has he yes, he has had some some shortcomings. You gotta remember this guy was drafted what be in the fourth round? Yep. Third, fourth round. Yep. You know, so how really high are the expectations are supposed to be Right. With Dak Prescott. In my opinion, D. Dak Prescott is a top-ten quarterback. Okay. He's like, he's right there. He's right at 10 for me. Okay. He's right at 10 for me. And I believe I believe him being playing for the Dallas Cowboys, because if he was playing anywhere, anywhere else, I don't think we'll be having this conversation.
0: Probably not.
1: About that. Because the standard is so high when you're a Cowboy fan. That people look down on Dak or don't don't like Dak because he hasn't he hasn't broken through. He almost has, but he but he but he hasn't. Right. I mean, out, out the gate we got to see Dak early. Him and Zeke, what what offensive rookie of the year? If yep. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Offensive rookie out the gate, fourth round pick. What Dallas did and just running they they just happened to run into a buzz buzz off. And Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers always got the Cowboys number. That just happens. Mm-hmm. So um, and then the things he's been able to do, I'm able to do outside of his year when he was injured. I mean, the guy finished top five in passing yards, what three out of the last four years, D. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'm including. Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. Top five in passing yards. He's up there in touchdowns. Shoot, we seen his first game back against this past year, his first game, first game back against Tom Brady the kid threw for almost 500 yards in that game, even though they lost. Yep. Like, I, I, I don't know what the knock is on Dak, and it's more of Cowboy fans than anybody else. It's more of Cowboy fans than any, anybody else. That's a fact. I believe that I believe that them having quarterbacks like Troy Eggman and then what Romo, how, how Romo did the thing, and then Dak not being able to, you know, come through. And I don't even think it's Dak. I think it has a lot more to do with coaching. But I believe if you give Dak a guy like Sean Payton, I mean, I mean, a, a Sean Payton type of coach, he'll be more successful than he is with Mike McCarthy, you know. Lord. So, uh, I so for me, D, he is top 10. He's one of those guys in the NFL. He's a quarterback that I would like to have on my team, you know, to be a starting quarterback because, you know, he can do some great things. And I really believe in hope that Dak is listening to all of this, listening to all of it from the Cowboy fans, just listening to it so he can use it as fuel for the Dallas Cowboys. I hope the Cowboys have a great season, actually, because everybody down on them because they're not, they not as stacked as they used to be this year. And it'll be amazing to see them do some great things. But definitely for me, D, I know I was kind of long-winded, but definitely for me, he's top 10 quarterback.
0: Yes, he's a top 10 quarterback. We got to stop this, bro. I mean, who are you going to take, Carson Wentz? You gonna take Daniel Jones? Mm -hmm. You gonna take Ryan Tannehill? Huh? Somebody talk to me out there. (laughs) Who you gonna take? You gonna take Geno Smith or Drew Locke? That's who you're gonna take? Who who, who, you gonna take Mitch Mitchell Trubisky? You want him as your starter? Huh? I mean, yeah, we've seen what Joe Cool, Joe Cool did late in the season in the playoff games, but is he already better than Dak Prescott? Is he? I don't think Derek Carr better than uh Yeah, yeah. Derek Carr? Are they, are they better? There's only, in my opinion, it, he he in the top 10. I don't know if he's exactly 10. He might be around that 8, 9, and 10 mark. But you're talking about the elite of the elite who who are better than him. We got to stop this. And you know, you're right. Cowboys fans, they are disgusting. <laughs> Brandon Rhodes sickens me. He is a Dallas Cowboy fan and he hate Dak the most. All the hate all around me for Dak Prescott. Like, what is this? Now, you know, Black, you know the one thing everybody forget every year? Everybody forgets that only one team can win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So so you know that, right? So, if only one team can win the Super Bowl, what about the other 29 quarterbacks in the league who don't win it? I'm just asking, bro. What about them boys? So, again, I'm going to ask you. You want Ryan Tannehill? You want Carson Wentz? Huh? Who do you want? You want Mitchell Trubisky? (laughs) Do you want Daniel Jones? Do you want... What's the boy name out there in New England? The quarterback. Oh, Matt Jones. Matt Jones, you want him? Huh? (laughs) Somebody talk to me out there. Who do you want? So listen, man. The man is a top 10 quarterback. Stop it. Go look up the stats. Go look at all... Whatever you need to know. It's going to justify he's a top 10 quarterback. But only one team can win a Super Bowl. I believe this is Dak's fifth year. His fifth year. Three out of his five years, the Dallas Cowboys has been to the playoffs. Three out of five, and the one, the, the the one year besides, well, last year did we make the playoffs? Yeah, we made the playoffs last year. Yeah. The year before did. that, the only reason we made the playoffs is because the man got gruesomely injured. Yep. Cowboy fans got to chill, bro. Go, go around here and ask some of the Jaguar fans around here how many nights that the Lord had to hear the prayers to get old sunshine. <laughs> go up there to Carolina and see what them boys are talking about with Sam Donner and, and Baker Mayfield. Go highlight at them boys. <laughs> and by God, if you get a minute, go talk to a Seattle Seahawks fan and see, well what the hell going on with Gino? Oh man, Drew Lockett Geno. So come on man let, let, let's stop this man let's stop this. Of course Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback and I'm not saying that just because I'm a Dallas Cowboys faithful, a fan that is a fact, yes but stop it man and if I hear another Kirk Cousins comparison to Dak Prescott somebody gonna have to fade me in the grass bro. <laughs> now I don't like the result the finals but I am tired of that Kirk Cousins conversation bro I'm tired of it I'm tired of it I watched Kirk Cousins lose to the Cowboys third string quarterback last year on Sunday Night Football the third string
1: if you want to talk about Kirk Cousins talk to him about being a professional Problem, my boy he
0: definitely got a ski mask on every season <laughs> robbing the vikings <laughs> and i ain't saying kirk trash i ain't saying he trash but kirk cousins ain't no top 10 quarterback bro no definitely not he not, he not. He, not. he not so so i want to get your opinion on that man because that seems to be a hot topic for some strange reason my boy i mean it's just
1: it's, it's just it's just more it's not some- some cowboy fans they hold Pat and be like, man, y'all need to chill on Dak. But it's others, and I know you say Brandon, but my uh, homeboy Kurt he hard on he hard on Dak too, man. Kurt, you got to
0: chill, bro. Now, Kurt, you gonna have to holler at me, bro. Kurt gonna have to holler at me, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, they 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 ain't with this Dak experiment, my boy. They over the Dak experiment. But hey, look, man, the grass ain't always green on the other side, my boy. Yeah, who else you gonna get?
0: <laughs> who else you gonna get? Unless you're training for another superstar quarterback, I mean, on the, right. unless I'm getting Mahomes, Rodgers, um, Justin Herbert, um, like I, I, I need one of them. Yeah. If we ain't talking about none of them, Tommy. If we ain't talking about none of them, I, I can't talk to y'all. <laughs> I mean, maybe y'all want Tua Viola. <laughs> to be traded to. I mean maybe that's what y'all want oh, So boy. I ain't going for it man Y'all boys chill out bro This is getting utterly ridiculous out here Alright Black Let's move on to college football real quick man Black the Big Ten The Big Ten is leaving ESPN At the end of their contract They will be joining CBS Alright this is a significant deal What the Big Ten is doing ESPN's brand of college football just got weaker overnight. CBS is expanding their coverage. That 3.30 slot on Saturdays used to be the biggest spot for the biggest games of the week in the SEC. But now they're going to be expanding 3.30 and 8 o'clock games between the Big Ten and the SEC. Black, we've talked about the super conferences and everything that we believe is to come in the next mm, five years in the college football ranks. But Black, what kind of did Now, me and you, we... we we, we, we've seen the Big Ten on ESPN for a long time Michigan, Ohio State We get that on ABC Michigan State versus Michigan We get that on ESPN On those ESPN networks We're used to seeing that But Black, can you imagine You getting a 3.30 spot With Alabama and Auburn And then at 8 o'clock You're getting Michigan, Ohio State or CBS Can you, I mean the ramification of this deal is really going into the future, and it like the Big Ten is take, taking control. Black, what is a deal like this? What does this say to you with the Big Ten leaving ESPN and joining CBS and Fox?
1: Uh, man, it's huge. This is huge for the Big Ten, and it look like the Big Ten is is really they're the they're the one conference making the major moves because they because yeah. they know what's coming. They yeah. know what's coming. You know, I don't. I we don't know what inside track the Big Ten got, but they making moves, bro.
0: That's a fact.
1: They moves. And and I know when we was preparing for this show. We were talking about it a little bit, but I got to think, indeed, like you literally, you literally are going to be able to get what you got get on ESPN every Saturday. You're probably going to see it on CBS. You're probably going to have a high noon, a three thirty, and then a primetime. Yeah, you're literally going to get three games. Think about it. Do you literally? It's a possibility you're going to have three games. Yeah, on CBS. We've we've never seen that. Yeah, we've never seen. it. We usually turn to CBS. We know oh, three thirty. We know SEC. Got to turn. We got to turn to see the SEC on CBS. Right. Every every now and then you got a primetime game on CBS every blue moon, but now this is going to be every Saturday. You're going to have this. Yeah. Every Saturday and it makes me think and it makes me think man could CBS really be the conference who's at the forefront of this of this change in college football? Is yeah. CBS going to be the network who's all the game all the major games are going to be played? It may not be. It may not be Fox. It may not be ESPN. It may not be none of those it may not be none of those networks. CBS may have the inside track to this super conference happening. You know why they probably have the inside track because they, they have the main conference. That's the reason why it's happening in the SEC. And teams outside of the SEC and conferences outside of the SEC realize, look, we better ride this wave that CBS has or we're going to lose out. And the big 10 is doing everything it takes to make sure they stay relevant through these changes d and, and 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 not to and not to forget it's also a big money graph for them yeah and when you say and when you talk about more money you're talking about better recruiting better facilities more you can do it's a lot more you could do when you have uh when you have money and make deals like this this is huge for the big 10 i love what the big is doing shoot they seem like the only conference that's willing to make moves to show you that changes are coming. Yeah, we don't see the AC, we don't see the ACC doing anything. We don't see the Pac-12 doing much. Like the Big Ten is the team at the forefront, is telling y'all, look, man, we're setting ourselves up so we don't be left behind. And the rest of you conferences need to come, come on, or you're going to be left by the wayside. Yeah. And, that's, it, and, and if, if you're not making big moves and setting yourself up and you're not a part of this super conference that's coming, you're going to get left behind. I love what's going on. D. I love the deal. Big 10. It, it, it even look in our group. It even looks strange to see it. The the Big 10 sign with, with CBS. It looks so weird, but I love it. It's going to bring more re- revenue to CBS and they already be with the SEC. So when you talk about football, there's two conferences you talk about, and they've now partnered together, the Big Ten and the SEC with CBS. Like, for me, it don't get no better than that, man. And college football is well on its way to looking a lot different than what we're used to.
0: Yeah, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I mean, this is the future. You got the two conferences that are the best conferences in college football sharing the same network. Fox is going to get a little piece of the games, but the bigger games are going to be on CBS. We've never seen Ohio State versus Michigan at 8 o'clock at night. Have never seen it. That's on the table this year. That is on the table to move that game to under the lights like that game deserves to be. So there's a lot of things, man, that's going to be taking place, and this Super Conference thing is going to be a reality. And with the Big Ten and the ACC being the juggernauts of college football right now, it just makes perfect sense. The right minds are at the tables with these two conferences. That's what it's all about. The ACC, if I'm Florida State, Miami, Clemson, the cornerstones of the ACC, I'm looking around, man. I'm looking around Mm -hmm. because if it's 3.30 and I got to watch Memphis versus UCF, but then over there on CBS at 3.30, I got Michigan and Penn State, and then followed by that, my 8 o'clock game is Alabama and Texas A&M, but on my 8 o'clock game over here on ESPN or ABC – is 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 Cincinnati versus South Florida that's not a conversation that's not a conversation so this is a power move the Big 10 is doing the right thing and they're really heading to the direction that college football is heading to i'm going to be really interested to see what takes place uh on CBS uh with the Big 10 taking their the bigger games over to uh, uh CBS to join the SEC network, so it's going to be cool to see. All right, Black. The coaches poll came out. The top 25 in the coaches poll. It's almost that time of year. I'm going to go through some of the notables. Your top 10. Number 10, Baylor Bears. The ninth, the ninth ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Eighth ranked Utah Utes. Seventh ranked Texas A&M Aggies. The sixth ranked Michigan Wolverines. The fifth ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The fourth ranked Clemson Tigers. The third-ranked defending national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. The second-ranked Buckeyes from the Ohio State. And the number one team in all of the land is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide notable teams that are not in the top 25. Florida State is not there. Florida is not there. Uh, Miami is representing the state of Florida at 17. Teams like Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Arkansas, and Houston round up the top 25. The middle of the pack, the Oregon Ducks, the NC State Wolfpack, the Michigan State Spartans. The USC Trojans are splitting this thing down the middle. They are 15th in the coaches' poll. Black, the Texas Longhorns are at 18. Black, when you see the coaches' poll, notably out of the state of Florida, Miami is leading the way at 17. No Florida, no Florida State. What do you think about some of the spots where some of these teams are going into the season with the coaches poll coming out?
1: Uh I was kind of shocked. I, 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 wasn't no surprise to me that Florida State wasn't going to be in there. They they just hadn't been in there since I don't know when. So um, Florida, I was, I was kind of shocked because I feel like Florida could be a could potentially be a team to be reckoned with, and, and it all depends on how you know what happens with they with their quarterback play, and um this this kid Ar uh Anthony Richardson you know he he has the goods we just got to see a full season of it for Florida so I was kind of shocked to see them not ranked now I I thought they was probably somewhere in that you know that bottom tier anywhere from twenty to twenty five you could have put them at. And uh, another, another question for me is: Look, I understand, I understand A and M how they recruit the things they do, you know, Jimbo. But you got them ranked at seventh, being and what type of quarterback play do they have? What type of quarterback play? I didn't heard about no quarterback from Texas A and M. Like I, I, I hadn't heard. Have you heard of any quarterback? That,
0: what, well, what I mean, I know their starting quarterback, the kid who won the Alabama game. I know he got injured. Uh, after that game so he kind of faded away and they kind of dealt with the carousel of quarterbacks to finish out the season so I mean I mean they, they returning a lot of starters and bringing in a lot of talent so you know how the rankings go at the beginning of the year
1: yeah you, you know I I, but I, I also know that quarterback play is all is, is also well he beat important.
0: Alabama bro he beat him oh, oh, oh okay D I'm okay, just saying he bro. beat him
1: I guess if that warrants a t- warrants the top ten, then okay. Uh, know? I so, would say
0: in the but, SEC, if you beat the number one team in the country at your home field and you had a very good game, I think that if you're returning as a starter, I do think that plays some dividends. Why shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, but I don't even think the kid is returning. He was a senior. I think I don't even think he's returning. So um, okay, but me, I'm I, I know I know now. Now I agree with you. I know what they are. I know how they recruit. Jimbo's a, a a good coach, but also we know we know quarterback play pays a part, and they seem to find themselves always in that top ten echelon, and not having the best of quarterback play, in my opinion. That's that's why them at seven. I just don't know about them being there, but I could be wrong. Well, let's see what happened this year. But I'm not a, really a fan of them being in the top ten right now. But I know it's it's more of a recruiting thing, and, and the bodies they bringing back, they probably bringing back. A whole bunch of talent on both sides of the ball, so Damn. that could be it. So, um <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah, like everything else, like my Miami, my <laughs> Miami might have one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, man. And 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 Van and Van Dyke, if I'm not getting his name wrong,
0: yeah, Van Dyke. And,
1: and, yeah, them at seventeen, um, okay, you know, Miami always starts out hot and then fades away through the year, so. I guess 17 is Warren. I don't know what exactly they're bringing back on both sides of the ball, but them, them literally being, what, the highest ranked team in the ACC this year, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Pittsburgh the
0: Pittsburgh is above them at 16, and NC State oh, okay. is above both of them at 13. NC State is the highest ranked ACC team. Oh, excuse me, oh, sorry. Man. Clemson is four. They're four. Oh, okay.
1: Clemson. They're the highest ACC ranked oh, okay. team. yeah. Forgot about Clemson, so I guess Miami spot is warranted where they are. Um, Clemson, we know the struggles they had last year with uh, with quarterback play. Hopefully, uh, the kid you know, you say his name well, D. Hopefully, he'll take the next step and can be a lot better than he was the year before. So it's really really no brights for me there. Um, but I think the team, I, I think the team to watch out for D in this. This one of your favorites from last year, and I think you might agree with me. I don't know if you will. The Bella Bears. Like, these guys, these boys was a damn good team last year. They were? They were a really good team. They they were under the radar all last year, and then they played Ole Miss. Unfortunately, the uh, Ole Miss quarterback got hurt and didn't continue that game, and uh, Bella went on to win that football game. But they're bringing back a whole bunch of young talent on a team that did very good last year in the in the Big Twelve. D, could you see big uh could you see Bella winning the Big Twelve this year? Uh of course. Knocking down a new year, another New Year six bowl or even a playoff.
0: Yeah, I can.
1: Yeah, so that's that's a team that, you know, I see as sitting at 10 that could really make some noise where they're positioned at.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with the rankings at all. I just think these rankings are, you know, um, What you bring back I understand that And this is the coach's poll But the Clemson at 4 Is a kind of radar They didn't have The best season last year They finished strong But they didn't have The best year last year It's Clemson They got talent So okay I get it Um, Michigan at 6 Great year last year But what are they They lost a lot They lost a lot last year and um, they're going to be back on the service. I'm sure, kind of reloading. But it is interesting. The team to watch for, for me, throughout this whole thing, I got two teams. I got the USC Trojans with Leaking Riley and the show that he's bringing out there to L.A. It's going to be a lot of pressure on the Trojans. But I think USC has been knocking out the door before Leaking Riley got there. And I think he's going to be able to transition and really get those guys going out there and, uh, at, uh, uh, at USC out there in Los Angeles. And then the Utah Utes. The Utah Utes, I think this is a year that they could make the playoff this year. They, oh, are in, they are in position to really start the season right by beating Florida by 30 points. <laughs> they go and handle that business out there in the swamp. They are prime to really have a good year. They're bringing back most of their talent from their Rose Bowl run last year. So they are going to be a team to really watch for. All year long, the Utah Utes, they're coming in prime position to really make a playoff run, When the Pac-12, even possibly be undefeated and represent the Pac-12 in the playoff this year. Don't sleep on the Utes. I'm sick of the traditional powers always running the show. Notre Dame, okay, I understand uh, Georgia defending national champion, Clemson. Like, what about teams from, like, in Michigan State? Why are they ranked so low? They had a fantastic season last year. The Fighting Mel Tuckers, why are they ranked now 14th? You know, Texas at 18th, why are they even ranked in the top 25? <laughs> you know, they, they started off well and flamed out. You know, so this thing could go either way. It just really depends how you look at it. But it's exciting to get the first poll Of the year. The AP poll is due out next week, and that is the poll that everyone really goes by when the AP comes out. So we'll kind of see if we see any changes there. Florida not being ranked in top 25. I'm not going to lie. I did expect them to be like 23, 24, 25, but for them not to be ranked, I ain't mad at that either. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) I'm not upset. Van Dyke is the best quarterback in the state of Florida. Miami deserves a spot. Will Van Dyke be able to handle the pressure? with getting Miami to at least the ACC championship game, by God. Can he handle it? Manny Diaz is out. Mario Cristobal is in. What is Miami going to do with this talent with Van Dyke? Can they capitalize and at least make an appearance in the ACC championship game? Goodness. So we'll see how it plays out. Almost time for college football. We are super, super excited. All right, Black, before we wrap up the show, man, the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Hall of Fame game uh, last Thursday. They took on the Oakland Raiders. And, Black, what's going on with the fans around the city, bro? It's the Hall of Fame game, dog. I get to work the next morning, and these boys ready to fire Dougie P. I mean, Jesus, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. None of your starters really did their thing. You got a nice sight from uh, Trayvon Walker. I thought he looked good coming off the screen. But goodness, pipe down, Duval County. It was the Hall of Fame game. Can we see the man? (laughs) <laughs> at least for a couple, at least for a full season before y'all ready to put stitches in his head? be weird man. I know the city is loose, used to losing, man. I understand it. But y'all can't be reacting to no preseason game, bro. Especially when the Blue-Eyed Angel didn't even set foot on the field. Relax, Jacksonville. Let's see what Dougie P got to offer when he don't run out the fourth-string quarterback. <laughs> Black anything on the city man with just certain people, not everybody, but certain people reacting to a freaking Hall of Fame game, bro.
1: Yeah, man, Duval, y'all just gotta relax, man. Chill. <laughs> got to be pa- Got to be patient. It ain't like we thinking we finna go to the Super Bowl, man. Y'all know, y'all know this thing got to be rebuilt from the bottom up, man. We just have the right pieces to get us back to some type of relevancy in the NFL. You know, and, and and it's bad. We're talking about that because it, just in 2017, we played in the AFC Championship game. So it's it, 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 it's it's crazy, man. But fans, we just need to we need to relax. It's Hall of Fame game. We'll we'll get a more better sample size this Friday against the Cleveland Browns because you're gonna ha- you're potentially gonna have Trevor out there all the ones out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how it looked when you have all the ones playing. So hopefully Friday we'll get a better sample size of what's going on. But the Hall of Fame game, man, you, man, people out there just really se- – was out there really celebrating Tony Baselli, man. It just happened to be a football game. And the Jaguars happened to play in it. So I really wasn't looking for nothing. I just really wanted to see how Trayvon Walker popped off the screen, and he did. The guy, the, 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 the guy is uh, a freak of nature. He's, he's, yes, he is. He is. <laughs> You know, but he and Jaguar says you all y'all guys have to remember he's a project. He's a project. He hadn't played a lot of football, or you know, over the past two to three years. You know, playing here and there at Georgia in certain spots, but like no full position. Now he's in the NFL, where he's going to be playing that DN slash what linebacker type role. So we got to be patient, man, with what's going on. I believe everything on. I believe everything uh, is going to work out for the better. But definitely looking forward to this Friday with a better sample size or having the ones on the field to see how
0: everything looks. I don't care nothing about the preseason. Yeah, I don't either. I I, I don't care. I yeah, of course. I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying. You want to kind of see a little bit, a little bit there each week as you get ready for uh the season to start. I mean, definitely. But like, let the city got to chill. Got to chill. Can we at least get the week one? Get to the Washington game and just see what we got going on, man. Let's just see what the product is going to look like. The preseasons are going to be fun. You get to see some stuff, man. But Duval County, Jacksonville, Florida, Jaguar fans around the globe, Jacksonville supporters around the globe, chill, chill. Dougie P ran out the fourth stringer. Relax. All right, Black Tony Baselli, man. The first Jaguar inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Very, very dope to see. Very, very dope visuals. A uh, great speech from Baselli. The Jaguars are 20 plus years in existence. And for them to finally have their first player, they should have too, because Fred Taylor is a Hall of Famer, but we can talk about that later. But Tony Baselli got it, man. Jaguars officially have a Hall of Fame player. Black, what are your thoughts on Baselli going into the Hall? And what did you think about, you know, the speech and the festivities around him, man?
1: Man, it was it was being a Jaguar fan, man, it was good to see. You know, I believe it was well-deserved. Tony Baselli was the first. He was the first pick. He was the first everything for the Jaguars. You know, and to see him go into the Hall of Fame, you know, he was a, a offensive lineman who did their, did their job very well. When he was on the field, he was highly productive. You know, he did what he needed to do, and I think his career—I believe his career was warranted the Hall of Fame. And for him to be the first Jaguar in there, man, it's very rewarding to finally fa- finally have a, a Jaguar player in the Hall of Fame. And it, it was it was so surreal to see Fred Taylor, Bernell and some of those some of those guys. You know, out there, uh, Tom Coughlin was there. This brought back a lot of memories from them, from them early nineties to see everyone there who played with Tony Man and and uh, to see him go in and the joy that he had on his face. The even when he was giving his speech, he was talking about Duvall and thanking all the, thanking Tom Coughlin, who's one of the toughest one of the t- toughest coaches in the league. He was like, man, he was like Tony was hard. He said Tony, he said Tom Coughlin was hard, but he was like, I'm happy that he was my coach, man. And you see, just see the respect of, you know, him having four former teammates and former coaches and, and, you know, showing the city of Duval some love. It was, it was definitely big. happy to see Tony go in, man. Well-deserved.
0: Yeah. Well-deserved, man. It was really cool. Really cool to see. Really cool to see. Congratulations to Tony Baselli, being the first Jacksonville Jaguar inducted into uh the pro football hall of fame and and, and 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 man I get it man the hall of fame is not the hall of very good it is the hall of you know just the best the best of the best man so that's what it is all about and you know I just think Fred Taylor they need to take a longer look at his career man and 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 what he did within the time that he played and I just think Freddie T may, meets the requirement of being a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I do. I just – I do, and I get it. You know, Freddie T, you know, he – if you look at his numbers and the ground that he had, I would, I think he deserves it. I would love to see him uh, be the second Jaguar uh, inducted into uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But it was Tony Baselli's night, his family, his loved ones, his coaches, everybody who played a part in him – uh, having that successful uh, NFL career um, It was just great to see man So once again shout out to Tony Baselli And uh, congratulations man on being a Hall of Famer man that, That's gotta feel good No matter what sport you are in Or what whatever you do If you're inducted into the Hall of Fame That means you are one of the best ever to play the game That has to feel great man It has to So shout out to Tony Baselli for sure man Alright man so That is going to wrap up episode 188 of the Sports Desk, man. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed uh, all of the rapid-fire topics that we talked about today. Plenty of conversations and dialogue. If y'all have any thoughts or concerns or anything uh, that y'all want to react to, man, y'all know where to find us, man. Hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram. If you know us personally, hit our text messages. And uh we would love, love to have conversations about whatever we talked about today. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Deer Hicks Jr. Let's chop it up, chop it up about whatever it is you want to chop it up about about that uh concerning the sports world. Black, where can they find you at, man? Yeah, y'all can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Black L three. Man,
1: y'all hit me up. Let's talk
0: about it. Yes, sir. All right, Black man. We're gonna get you up out of here, man. And uh you be easy, bro. All right now, my boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So once again, man, appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening um, and tuning in to another episode episode of the Sports Test. Of course, we'll be right back if we get some breaking news and have a conversation then. But in uh, until then, uh, let me see. Programming note. Programming note. So me and Black, we will be, unless there's a major development there, we'll be back next week. And then the following week, we'll be taking the week off because we'll be getting ready for this long Football season that awaits So we'll be back next week with the college Football preview show uh, Taking the week off after that and followed By uh, our return with the NFL Preview show All right. so Until next time y'all be cool be safe Take care of yourselves thank you for all The sport Uh, tell Anyone out there who doesn't know yet Who is in the sports that there's another sports Show that is around and You know tell your brother your uncle Your sister your mother your teacher uh 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 the lady at Home Depot the, the the brother at the uh 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 IHOP uh the dude who cut your hair the lady who cut your hair the guy who cut you y'all whoever whoever let them know it's another sports show around And they can get it in that uh barber shop style atmosphere man and that's the sports that's with DM Black man y'all let them know so again be cool be safe take care y'all see we'll see y'all next time for episode one eighty nine. lunch. Sports, man. Come on, now, Hey, bro, you listening to the Sports Desk?
1: You're listening to the Sports Show. New Sports Desk.